from my dad who borrowed it for his birthday. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the that's the one Garfield shirt that I was like, that's the one I fucking want. It was like an all or nothing thing for me, too. I was like, if I can't have that one, I don't want any <laughs> Garfield shirt. Ah, oh, that's all. I mean, good for you. That's great. But at the same time, fuck you. Like, God damn it. I'm so <laughs> insanely jealous. Oh, that's man. That's awesome. <laughs> like, I literally had no idea I was going to see that shirt in front of me tonight. <laughs> just, a, just a way to subtly taunt you. Hey, hey, you know, I mean, I guess it's about time that somebody had a Roosevelt shirt that I'm sitting here like, I want that. You know, so I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. I want that. Give it to me. I mean, obviously it's the Garfield shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Fun with banners. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I did. That was good. Oh man, <sighs> that's the stuff. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, yeah, we got Superman behind. We got Fantastic Four in front. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, Superman and Fantastic Four. That's that's how I roll. I mean, I'm actually not like the most well versed person in Fantastic Four. It's, but I mean, I, I, I still. I love them. I don't know. Like, there, there's a lot of allusions you could probably make to this book in Fantastic Four. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like a futuristic, a futurist approach uh, to a lot of it. Um, he can't see his wife, therefore she's invisible. Oh yeah, Jor-El is very much like the the single-minded scientist. Um, his son is sort of a hothead, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I can dig it. Uh, no one's really a. I guess Lex Luthor would be the thing, <laughs> or Doom, I guess. But I I don't know. I mean, for for the thing, it's like I I don't think they have someone who's like a good thing for that. Yeah, yeah. a good comparison. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Still though, th- I mean this this book's pretty pretty fun, and. uh didn't you a, say this was like the last Elseworlds book or something? Yeah. Wow. It was the last official 2010 Elseworlds. Yeah. Um, At that it, time. Oh, yeah. No, because there there no. may be something else or. No, no. Hold on. <laughs> Literally. Well, the last Elseworlds imprint. There's nothing else that worlds. has been imprinted oh. as an Elseworlds. That black label is not Elseworlds. Black label is no, black no, no, label. no. What I'm trying to get at is now that they're calling other things Elseworlds, I'm assuming that they will. Uh, Maybe, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, kind, I'm kind of hoping, but at the same time, like, I'm, 
I'm leery just because they keep just referring to anything that is not like an in-continuity story as Elseworlds, mm-hmm. and that's not really what an Elseworlds is. You know, that's that's like saying any non-continuity story in Marvel is a what if. You know, like yeah, that's yeah, and and it, it's funny too because like as time goes on, what ifs become either more or less relevant because they just become something that happened. You know, like what if Jane Foster became Thor? Well, check out issue three hundred and twenty-five of Thor where Jane Foster takes up the mantle. You know, and so it's like you know, yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing is like it can it can end up being a, a bit of a, a a mine area like a well for for some of these companies to go back to and say like hey you know what if we actually like flesh this out as an idea um you know like a full story arc um somebody somebody earlier today when i i shared out uh what if magneto took over the usa the first thing they said was so house of m and i was like oh, yeah, <laughs> not not really <laughs> it's a uh, it's very different you should listen to the episode you'll see You'll see the difference. It, it was actually very different than House of M, which how first first and foremost, House of M is still relevant today. You know, yeah. where it's like all these things that happen. It's like, hey, they may have changed continuity, but there's still echoes of House of M. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You still had Avengers disassembled in House of M. So mm-hmm. boom. But yeah, I mean, I, I. I I just don't, I don't want it to be, I don't want Elseworlds to be like some kind of catch all, um, like term for anything that doesn't take place in like your, your monthly comics. Uh, cause that's, that's not what it is. Uh, you know, and, and Elseworld is exactly the kind of stuff that we've been covering. Like, you know, Superman being found in what? Well, okay. I almost just gave away a thing. Uh, Superman landing in medieval England and being yep. raised there by farmers, and therefore, you know, it's a Superman cow, and it it ties into Arthurian legend. You know, like that's what we see. Um, and that's a perfect example because then they took that idea and fleshed it out into a longer storyline. Although, although um, he claims in, in a, a Facebook post uh, to have never, that he's never yeah. read it. And he's like, "Oh, that's me, mate, Dave Gibbons," and I'm like. And you've never read it. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's way different. Like from what oh, I've, yeah. I've yeah. read, like super different. And I'm like, I get it, but your concept and your characters and, you know, it's like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Superman, it's everybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually have all 12 issues and I, I oh, just the 12 download- came out. Yeah, cool. I guess so. Um, I I have them all downloaded onto my tablet, and I was actually gonna read them last night, but I was just like, I was so beat. And go go figure, like completely opposite end of the spectrum. I was like, oh hey, look at that! I completely didn't realize that the last I have the last three because you know I have subs, so stuff just goes to my Comicsology account automatically. And I was like, oh, Mark Miller's uh, American Jesus finished up which i hate that i hate the title of it i absolutely despise that he renamed the whole thing um because it was initially uh just like a a mini series like a, a three-part mini series called chosen 
and uh it was it was actually very well done and it ends on like just like a creepy cliffhanger kind of thing and then he was like oh you know what i'm still really interested in the story and i feel like there's more i can tell and it's like all right fair enough but he stretched it out into like a, a full-blown like quote trilogy so it's it's nine books and every three books is a chapter and uh the the final three is called revelation and uh that's when it all comes to a head and you know, it ties a bow on it and everything, and it's actually like a nicer ending than you would have anticipated, especially for Mark Miller. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was thinking that. Yeah. And then yeah. I was thinking, when was the last time he touched a um, big two book, like Marvel or DC or anything? It's like, I, I can't remember the last time. It's like... 1985, maybe? Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And that's a cool book, too. I, yeah, I it is like a fun that. book. It's... um. Definitely some problems, but it's it's kind of a cool snapshot looking at the time where it's like, hey, this is what was going on at that time, and like, it it, it reminds you of like reading comics with your dad and stuff. So I, I liked it, you know. But yeah. um, that may have been the last time. I think you're right. I mean, it, that's what springs immediately to mind. Uh, I mean, I know obviously he he did Ultimates with Brian Hitch, but I think that was before eighty five, nineteen eighty five. Yeah, and um. I don't know if he wrote Ultimates three, but I hope for his sake he didn't. I think that was Jeff Loeb. Was it? It was Jeff Loeb, wasn't it? With Maduriera. I think so. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! What a steaming turd that was. Yeah, no kidding. Ultimates three, know. not great. And then you get into Ultimatum, and I'm like, I get it. I get where they're going. I don't like everything. I'm gonna take in some of the stuff, and I'll take in the uh, David Finch art. You know, it's like, all right, good. You know, but. It's just like there's so much going on there. I feel like they're just like, oh, we have to wrap up literally every story thing. So let's just rush to the ending. You're like, this is not as good as it could have been. So, no, far from it. Yeah. Far from it. I, I will say there is some awesome artwork in that book. Like just going through, like looking at like these immense cityscapes and stuff like that. I um I, I was doing an interview with um with an artist, uh, Johnny D. Jarginus. I have such a hard time saying his name and uh, he's telling me, he's like, Oh yeah, I worked on um, some of these uh, things with David Finch doing the cityscapes with a giant tidal wave coming in. I'm like, Holy crap. That's gorgeous. You know, it's like he drew an entire friggin' city, like on this huge scale and all that. And in comes the tidal wave. And I'm like, that's really, really something. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Undoubtedly. Um, it looks like, uh, Ultimate Comics Avengers was the last thing that Mark Miller did for Marvel. Was that by any chance like a no? So that wasn't like a Secret Wars Battle World or anything. Nope, nope. It was um, limited. A, a number of limited series released under the Ultimate Comics Avengers banner. His last yeah. Marvel work to date. Uh, but it does look like right before that it was Marvel 1985. So it was okay. an yeah. So it was, it was right before this came out, actually. Not that this had anything to do with him. It's just timing-wise. That's the scale we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, I mean, it's just a, it's it, it was it was a sad day for me when when this limited this miniseries came out um, mm. from DC because we should probably mention the title of what we're reading, right? Oh yeah, I mean Superman: <laughs> Last Family of Krypton. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, you know, it, it really. It really kind of bummed me out because I, I had heard that, well, this was it. And, you know, it, nothing confirmed until, like, pretty much the, the end. It's like, yeah, they're done. And I'm like, but, no, but that's the thing I like the most. Why would you why would you do that to me? 
And uh, it turns out DC wasn't doing it to me. They really just didn't give a shit altogether. So, you know, hats off <laughs> to you guys. I, I love the cover artwork on these three books, though. You know, it looks like that J.G. Uh, Jones style of, like, painted cover. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Sure. I will point out that in all the other books that we read, there's a lot more conservative dress on Lara. Um, and I do notice that they kind of do that whole hypersexualization thing with her here. Like, and it's like mid drifts and like cleavage shots and stuff like that. And it's like, they really kind of sell that aspect of, of the character, which is not something that I've ever seen them portray her with before. Yeah. I mean, I think the closest you, you get when you really think about it is the very end of Superman last son of earth in the beginning of last stand on Krypton because she and Jor-El are hearkening back to what Krypton used to be before bio suits and what have you. Yep. And, uh, they're, they're kind of going, uh, living like a sort of hippie ish, uh, lifestyle, uh, and hearkening, not just, not just, uh, within the history of the book itself, but kind of the, the style of the era that these characters would have been shown in, in, in the real world in comic books. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, like she was basically wearing go-go boots and a fucking mini skirt with midriff bearing <laughs> and at the end of Superman last son of earth, which is very much an early Lois Lane or maybe like a, a 1960s or seventies Lois Lane costume. So it's like that I will understand, but that, yeah. that kind of caught me off guard. Cause I'm like, Oh, they're really laying it on thick with his mom here. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see that within this, they actually, uh, they forewent the, the John Byrne bio suit thing. And they really did kind of stick with a little bit more of the silver age. Although instead of the, the sunburst symbol on Jor-El, it was the, the S like house of L crest the entirety of the time, which, uh, a lot of people I don't think necessarily realize is something that started because of Marlon Brando and Superman, the movie, mm. he, he got paid a ridiculous amount of money to be in Superman, the movie, but when like push came to shove, he was like, I want to wear the Superman S and they were like, yeah, but, uh, you're not Superman. So no. And he goes, well, you're just making his family sign and that's what I'll do. And they were like, shit, that's actually not a bad idea. And that's when they decided to change the S into a, a Kryptonian symbol that just happens to look like an S when he's on earth. It was all because of Superman, the movie in 1978. See, he's not dumb. He's crazy, but he's not dumb. He's also you know. dead, but uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> but Superman or kryptonite did not kill him that we know of. No, no, no. I, I do believe it had something to do with, uh, lots of butter and gravy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bahara. The horror, the horror. What are you doing with that butter? I, I dunk it in my gravy. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that tracks, I suppose, sir. <laughs> um, and yes, I bet so. it, it was the lard, not butter. Oh, was it? <laughs> no. It was a time. That was fucking great, Leo. <laughs> get, it, get it straight, boys. <laughs> Well, I mean, for the era, most likely it was lard and not butter. <laughs> Whenever I think of Marlon Brando, I think of the critic. That Adolf Hitmaker does good work. 
<laughs> You're going places. No, I'm not, sir. See, I used to be Vanilla Ice. <laughs> oh, hold one, one second here. I just got to shout over to my wife for a moment. Hold on. Ma, meatloaf, meatloaf. <laughs> what, what is she doing in there? I never know what she's doing. <laughs> I almost nunchucked your hands. <laughs> We're all wound up today. <laughs> yeah, we are. Oh, hey, there we it's, go. Sorry it's about Monday, that, guys. You know? Did you yell meatloaf at her? <laughs> Mommy, I don't know what she's yeah. doing in there. I never know what yeah, she's doing know. in there. Yeah. We covered that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, honey. <laughs> Welcome. She heard me say that. She's going to fucking smother me in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a cartoon character half the time. She's like, don't make fun of me. Keep waiting for it to say I can hear you. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, are we just we're 16 minutes into this recording here? Like, are we is this the actual Actually, recording? We're doing pretty well. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, oh, Justin okay. said, uh, you know, might as well mention the book, and I thought we were like on it. Yeah, no, that's that's fine, that's not a problem. I'm just making uh, sure. If you go like, back one page, you'll, you'll see the title of the book and the uh. Okay, that's uh, the cover. Let's see. Oh yes, I I love this book. Uh, direct sales number one. I really, I really <laughs> love how it was four ninety nine in two thousand ten. Yeah. Yep. Christ, that was four. expensive in two thousand ten for yeah. sure. Was it two ninety nine or three? Four ninety four. Four ninety nine. Oh, it's a double sized uh, issue. Yeah, that's it's fifty yeah. issue, fifty page issues. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like 15. it's like the price of an annual kind of. Yeah, it, it's crazy because they still have yet to collect this. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it it turns out that like my issue number three was destroyed, so I I repurchased the in the entirety, like all three issues for like, you know, chump change. Uh, it did not cost me very much at all, but uh, I know, could not I, find this one digitally uh, either. Well, I I did, and that's why I put it up on on our shared uh, drive here. I wonder if uh, DC Universe, uh, whatever it's called now, uh, still has that. I don't know because I canceled my subscription. Oh like, yeah, definitely, man. Because I mean, they they don't even show like you can't watch old Swamp things, you can't watch like the Titans or anything. So it's like now it's just this. Be like, well, I guess I'll go to HBO Max so I could watch, you know. DC stuff that I wanted to see. That's why I subscribed to this for 16 months. You know? Yeah. I mean, I actually, I think, I think that it was actually a, a good idea to combine their, their comic book related, like shows and, and, you know, animation and stuff like that onto a platform that also contained their digital library for books. I, I mean, I think that made a lot of sense. Yeah, but the um, problem is they had so many problems taken off. You know, it's it's like it it took forever to get it uh, accessible. It, like it like, did crash uh, a couple times. Yeah. Well, like they didn't even have um, Amazon Fire uh, like access for like the first year. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, yeah, I I I thank good. I mean, I have a Kindle, but I also have a, a Samsung tablet and. I would utilize my tablet in order to specifically for DC universe. Um, and then it just got to the point where I was like looking at a lot of stuff. and I was like, you know what? Like 
quite frankly, most of this stuff is available to me and I have no problem like paying it to access, paying for it to access it at any time instead of worrying about like some monthly subscription fee or anything like that yeah, or annual. Numbers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'd rather just pay a comiXology unlimited monthly deal and then buy whatever books I want to hold on to. You know, that's the fun thing about archiving your books, kids. You can always unarchive them <laughs> and read them all over again, which is what I'm in the process of doing right now. Hence the whole <laughs> reading, handy, you know, re- reading that Mark Miller thing. I'm like, oh, good. Now I can archive this and get it out of my fucking face. <laughs> I started reread like I only read like the first couple issues of Superman 78 when it came out. And I have I have all six. Uh, and last night after I finished American Jesus, I was like, oh yeah, let me, let me, uh, just dive right back into this. And then I was just like, yeah, you know something Superman, the last family of family of Krypton is so tied into a lot of what you know from Superman, the movie that I just think I'd rather focus on this first and then worry about Superman 78, like two days later, (laughs) you know? Uh, that art that, is out of control, though. Oh my god! Oh, Mike, uh, yeah. Mike all red art. Yeah, it's great. Oh it, man, woo! It's so good. It, it really is, and I mean, it, it's kind of cool too because in that, like, you know, they they hit upon the essence of what those characters were all portrayed as by the 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 actors and what have you, but it's not a full blown rendering of each one of them through and through. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see how Superman is Christopher Reeves, Christopher Reeve esque, but it's not just oh, this is Christopher Reeve drawn into a comic book, which, which I appreciate. You know, there's a ubiquity to how Superman looks that applies through what Mike Allred did, and uh, and I appreciate the the slight deviation from from Christopher Reeve, like. I think the biggest thing for for his Superman is he does give just like a little bit of the the nose, like Christopher Reeve's nose shape to it. And even then, it's only at certain angles. It's particularly when you see him, quote, flying directly at you in a bunch of the panels. He definitely pulls from, from that image. But otherwise, like profile on the street, you get a little bit more of that like Oh, I'm wearing a suit that's too big and I hunch my shoulders thing. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I always appreciate the hell out of that. Hey, kids. It's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Flash Paces, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token With, my god man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dork Eating Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of dirty goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. 
We all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. That. I've only read issue one of that, but uh, the art is amazing. It's it's so good. It's it's so elevated too, you know. And with with this one, I was kind of thinking about um, it while reading, and I I got strong Marlon Brando vibes from uh, from Jor-El. I was trying to figure out who Lara was, but then um, I got Tom Welling uh, for Kal-El in this one, like cool yeah. white, like yeah, it's 100%. so like I'm like sometimes they're trying and sometimes they don't even try and it still looks like him. And, you know, and then it, I just can't place the other two really, you know, um, who, who they are. But uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's Marlon Brando and that's Tom Welling for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I dig it because I mean, you got to think at the, at that point in time, I mean, Smallville was still on air, wasn't it? Yeah. It was in yeah. it's like ninth season at this point in time, still had another 10th season to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, we had just seen doomsday, I think. And we were working on dark side. That was uh, the booster gold season, I think. So that I when this came it was, out, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. That was, yeah. It was, it, you know, there, I mean, there's a little bit left. To be wow, desired, 13 but... years ago. And that's our first taste of Jaime Reyes, you know, uh, on, yep. on screen. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, crazy. It, yeah, and to think that there was such a serious push to to have that be like a backdoor pilot, and uh, the, it was a no go, and probably ultimately for the best. I, I think it's better that they're going the the feature route because it would have been to to CW it, it, it would have cheapened it totally and how, completely. How crazy is it? You think about like all this stuff, supernatural is going on before this book, after this book until like what, two years ago. Yeah. And arrow has yet to exist by the time this, this came out. <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. Like, yeah. Wow. But by the time this came out, arrow has run its course completely. I'm like, wow, we had Justin Hartley as Aquaman back then, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, right. You know, and, and he was our Oliver queen. So it's like, this is nuts. We didn't even know that Justin Hartley was our Aquaman. Yeah. Because it was an unaired pilot, and that's how we ended up getting cast as Oliver Queen. Yeah, and, and I'm like, Jesus, is this the year that uh, Snyder came out with uh, 300, maybe? I don't know. No, uh, 300 Wait, came out 2000, maybe. 2007. Okay. Watch Aquaman was an unaired pilot? It was, Mercy yeah. Reef. Yeah. Yeah, Justin Hartley played Arthur Curry in it. Ving Rhames played Valko. I loved Ving Rhames in that. Loved him. I um, wanted more Ving Rhames on TV. Yeah, I, I actually have only seen clips of it. I've never seen the actual pilot itself. Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. It is yeah. on HBO the, Max, I believe. The, the, the pilot, not the episode he was in in Smallville. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah. Aquaman in Smallville was played by uh, Alan Richson. Dove. 
Yeah. Oh yes, yep, yep, yep. Hawk, yeah, Hawk, yeah. Hawk and Dove. Oh, Hawk and Dove. Yeah, Dove, Dove was Dove was his the uh, yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So in Arthur Curry in in Smallville was AC, and he was like a little bit of a surfer bra. Um, you know, which is kind of funny to me too that like they got Alan Richson to play Arthur Curry in it because the guy, like, without him being as bulked as he got for Jack Reacher. Uh, or for Reacher, rather, um, the guy is gigantic. He's like six and a, literally six and a half feet tall. You know, he he's he's got like two inches on Tom Welling. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm Aquaman. It's like, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess you are. <laughs> Boy, you you're probably so, fast sir. in water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is one of the things I did appreciate about Smallville is they showed like. You know, he he was kind of like you know strong and and durable on on land, but the second he was in water, like pff, game over. He was like, oh yeah, just as fast as like Clark or you know uh, Bart, who was Bart Allen, uh, more impulse than than Flash in Smallville, and you know just showing he he full on was like the master of that domain. Uh, we we should cover that episode on on uh, this podcast at some point. You know, with um, uh, what's his name? Didn't um, it was it was like Cyborg was in that? Oh yeah. Um. Oh my goodness, the the poor kid. Um, played Jet Jackson. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking the famous Jet Jackson. Yeah. Uh. He he. Uh. Actually, unfortunately, unalived himself. Um, Lee Thompson Young. Yeah, he uh, he played Vic Stone in an episode, and it was actually very, it was clever the way they did it because they show him. Uh, Clark looks at him with his X-ray vision, and with his X-ray vision, he actually sees under the surface of his synthetic skin where all the cybernetic replacements are on Vic. So he looks like Cyborg in the X-ray view. It's pretty neat. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's that's smart. And you don't have to worry about putting all the apparatus and special effects to make that seem convincing. It was it was smart. It was very smart. It was smart. SMRT. <laughs> SMRT. <laughs> I mean, SMRT. Um, oh, I didn't realize Lindy Booth was in the famous Jet Jackson. She's great. Um, <laughs> so she played Night Bitch in King Kick-Ass 2. Oh, jeez. Yeah. She's also so pretty in much, um, librarians. We, we the only character we really didn't get was Batman, right? Um. Well, I mean, we they, didn't get. They kind of. Well, we didn't get Batman. We we didn't get um, Green Lantern. We didn't get Wonder Woman. The closest we got to Wonder Woman was Lois Lane wore an Amazonian princess costume yep. at a convention it's actually the booster gold episode yep that's what i was thinking yeah. um that's um between that and the legion of superheroes uh episode those are my two favorite ones yeah and, that, and the, the two-parter the best yeah funny enough like the best smallville episodes were actually done by jeff johns yeah it doesn't shock me so no no that's the, that's when he was at his absolute zenith so 100 yeah. yeah um the legion of superheroes and the justice society 
We even got Martian Manhunter. In Justice Smallville. Society was great too. Absolutely, I love Michael Shanks as uh, as Hawkman. Yeah, he was great loved as it. Hawkman. Loved it. And and you know, I liked. Uh, what was it Aldous Hodge? Is is he the the new guy that played Hawkman? Yeah, I, I liked, liked him, him too. Hawkman. He's just a lot more physical as Hawkman than Michael Shanks was. But Michael Shanks was like so intimidating and gritty, and mm. it's like if you want the guy to come on and act and pretend to be them, I kind of like that version. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was definitely <laughs> Hawkman in Smallville was the closest thing to Batman that they ever had. That's yeah, that's true. The demeanor and, and everything. Like you want to do this for real kid. You don't know what you're in for. Like, Oh, okay, Bruce. I mean, I mean, I, didn't they have like a side character they brought in that they kind of like it, it wasn't Batman Night but... Guardian or some crap? No, 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 no. Okay, you're you're thinking of Ian Summerholder playing Adam Knight. Yeah, in it. and yeah. no, that was that was I, a I thing. Know it wasn't Batman, but they yeah, kinda... everyone was like, "Oh, he's going to be Batman," and then they were like, "No, he's not," because we're not allowed to use him. <laughs> like. It was there was a mandate straight up from WB like you can't use Batman, Bruce Wayne, any of that stuff. Um, but people just once again like it's sort of the same thing nowadays. Like they were told flat out like no, that's not a thing. You can't do it. And they're like oh yeah, but we know you and your tricks. It's like it's not a trick. We're trying to tell you. Listen to us. It's not Batman. We're like oh yeah, we know. Wink. Jeez. And- yeah, it it was it was so stupid, and then and when after he that, went... we had what eight seasons of Gotham. Ugh, don't even. Get I, I may watch that. that at some point, but I, I just it, I don't it, think it, I made it, it past it, season two. It's yeah, it's six seasons too long. Okay, so which is amazing because it was only five seasons long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean yeah. it, it has some cool stuff in it, but it, oh, it's oh, like like the first couple seasons were incredible. Like I absolutely loved it when they were focusing more on Gordon. Yeah. Then when they decided to make a Batman show, that's, you know, like um, Penguin and uh, who's Penguin's friend there? Oh, uh, Red Fish Mooney. Fish Mooney. Uh, no, I didn't care for her, but like Penguin, Penguin and Kyle Mooney. <laughs> Peng- Penguin and uh, uh, Riddler dynamic was awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that guy who playing playing uh, Edward in it, he was really good. I, yeah. I liked him like working for the for the Gotham City Police Department as a a forensic scientist. Like I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like there was there was some some slight variations that I really enjoyed. But then probably by the end of that second season, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I think I have better things to do with my time than watch this show. Yeah. You you are not wrong. You know. Yeah. Uh, I- I dropped I, off right when they, uh, um, Pee Wee Herman, when they brought him on. Oh, as, as, uh, Kyle Paul Rubens. Father? Yeah. Yep. Paul Rubens. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're disappointed, son. Which I know you have one of Which is funny because he, he played the father in, uh, Batman Returns. I only yeah. worked for Tim Burton for for a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same same character. Still, hey, he still gets that residual top. check. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense because Tim Burton likes working with the same people, and he did direct, you know, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, so it makes sense that Paul Rubens was going to be in that movie. Did he? Uh, did he ever work with Johnny Depp again? I, I always forget. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
it's it's a common it's a common mistake. What it is yeah. is is Helena Bottom Carter would dress up like Johnny Depp. Ah, that play makes him in Tim Burton's sense. movies. Yeah, that makes But sense. ironically, whenever you see Helena Bottom Carter, that is Johnny Depp. Ah, <laughs> he is truly a master of disguise. Yeah. Sweeney Todd is confusing as fuck. I imagine, yes. <laughs> Uh, just real quick, I tuned into the finale of, of Gotham, and oh my god, that was friggin' abysmal. The 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 pan to the Batman suit at the end. Oh, you mean the Party City Batman? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he piece it together with boxes from pizza from uh, Domino's Pizza? <laughs> Might as well have. He's like, with this hockey equipment, I shall protect Gotham because I am the knight. Isn't he the kid that was crying all season? <laughs> they they did have a really cool um Alfred though. I think it was Sean Petwe that they yeah. had playing Alfred. And I'm like, yeah, it's the guy from Dog Soldiers. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, Sean, Sean Perry was awesome in that show. He really was. And and I, I, I appreciated the fact that he he was very caring toward Bruce, but he also did not put up with any shit from him. Oh, he had an edge for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, he wasn't he wasn't unkind. He wasn't anything close to cruel, nothing like that. He was just he was assertive. And that's exactly the kind of person I always anticipated uh, Alfred being like the only the only thing is like they could have done this more, especially because Sean Pertwee was certainly more than capable. I, I really would have appreciated a little bit more of the dry wit. Yeah, you you didn't get a lot of that, but it, it's funny and. You get a lot of that with, um, you know, the Batman with um, uh, what's his face, Gollum, Andy Circus. Andy Circus had like a lot of that, and and that's basically all that was holding the uh, Jeremy Irons character together. Oh yeah, I was gonna say Jeremy Irons was was actually one of the one of the most inspired picks for Alfred I've ever seen. The the only person that I ever actually wanted to see full on play Alfred uh, was Timothy Dalton. Oh, that would have been an interesting choice, huh? I think it would have been fantastic, especially he's so, because... like he's so big, though. You know, like he's he's just like an imposing sort of uh, body shape. You know, yeah, like a very like but much like Robert Mitchum. My know? my idea my idea for a Batman thing, in all honesty, like were I to start, okay, if I were to show make a Batman movie, rather than just out and out show, you know, the fucking billionth time that Crime Alley is a factor in the goddamn lives of the Waynes. Or the end of the lives of some of the Waynes, uh, I would have actually opened it up with um, sort of a not ominous, but but atmospheric um, end of of what seems to be kind of a business meeting uh, at Wayne Manor, and it would have actually been uh, the the tail end of the interview slash agreement for this British gentleman, Mister Pennyworth, to become their uh, their personal valet slash bodyguard. Like that's how I would open a Batman movie to show why Alfred was there to begin with. And then you can get into all the other stuff later on. Like, Oh, we know what his role is through and through. And you can really play into Alfred's own guilt in the movie because he was supposed to protect them. And it, it sort of provides a balance to why he allows Bruce to do the things he does while he's under his charge. Hmm. Like, that's how I would approach it. But, you know, what the fuck do I know? 
I like that. I would I would take it a step further and I would ask you if it makes sense to say it's like would you tie in something with like an assassination from the Court of Owls? No. Something like that? No. Like for, for I'm saying it's like cinematically for the sake of of just character development. I want to see Alfred more involved in so in how Bruce comes to this like this culmination point where he's like I can do this mostly because Alfred would have helped enable him. You know, because of his own background and training and driving guilt for not having done his job hmm. and play into the fact that part of the reason why he was hired to their, be their personal valet slash bodyguard was because he was, a, you know, a, a, an intelligence agent. He had the background that was necessary for such a thing. And, you know, he, he was, he was there to, to be a particular thing. And he sees himself as having failed in that regard. So now it's his own personal responsibility slash mission to make sure that this kid is okay slash capable of taking care of himself in case he's never able to do his job again. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have ideas. You know, you know I, I think there's different things in the Batman mythos that could be touched upon that hasn't really been fully developed. You know, there's there's been very few things I've seen where Alfred feels any sort of culpability. And considering that we know for a fact it's established in canon with the comics that he was uh, MI5 or whatever the fuck it was, you know, British intelligence. Like, he was a spy. He, he was a rough and tumble dude. Like, why would the Waynes hire a guy like that? Why would you think? Especially if he looks like Michael Caine. Some gentlemen <laughs> just want to watch the world burn. But that's part of the reason why I love the idea of Timothy Dalton being cast as Alfred because he's literally a guy who fucking played James Bond. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it. Would be cool if if he uh, talks about like his mission as James Bond to Bruce and all that, and you find out they are one in the same. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, Master <laughs> Wayne, retired yeah. from Money Penny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Yard. It's 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 just. It's Ooh, something. You, wait, wait. Then you can get Q to make uh, uh, Bruce's uh, toys. Hello, Picard. Oh, wrong Q. Okay. <laughs> you could you could make a tongue and cheek, tongue and cheek like comment from Alfred when Lucius is like kind of helping develop stuff. He's like, I knew a man like him. <laughs> like we had a man like him when I was working for British Secret Service. Hmm. <laughs> you know, he was he was a brilliant quartermaster. <laughs> That's what, that's what that's what Q stands for, kids. <laughs> Quartermaster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but there, I mean, there's it was a there's fun all... little trip we just went on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm glad that we were able to fucking focus on Batman and goddamn Superman elsewhere. <laughs> that's all my fault, really. I mean, I, I I I ran with it once. Leo brought up Adam Knight in Smallville. Diabolical um, <laughs> Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. 